Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Yes, yes, Collaborators, it is Dave Fensom here with another episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. Uh, it's been a minute since we were with you last. I, uh, all my fault, I would say. Oh, not my fault, I guess. I've had surgery. I had cataract surgery. Uh, yeah, I had my, my left eye done. Uh, I don't expect anyone to know this, but my left eye is my good eye i've got a shit eye as well basically blind in my right eye i've had cataract surgery on both of them and i haven't been able to see much uh the recovery has been a bit longer than i was expecting so it's kind of fucked my life up in all kinds of ways but you know what can you do what can you do uh we're back with another episode for you though guys uh and we're excited to hear man this one is on janet jackson's self-titled album janet yeah it's a fun ride man you can have a listen to hear what we think i won't do any any spoilers up front if you're here because you heard about us on the riot act uh, podcast then welcome along big shout out to to steve and renfrey man it was so nice of them to give us that shout out man if you don't listen to riot act uh go check that shit out man those are some legit dudes man we love them uh i think you're gonna hear steven here on an episode in the not too distant future uh, and probably renfrey as well also want to give a massive shout out to christopher dabner who left us a donation uh on our paypal this week uh i think he's one of the guys that's come over from riot act uh basically yeah we're not professional enough to have a patreon or anything because we cannot be fucked to uh, generate extra content because we don't create this regularly enough i guess but if you do want to donate but contribute towards the cost of running the podcast we have got a paypal link you can find that on our website which is pclpodcast.com so anyway guys get on with this episode i hope you enjoy it we will be back soon with another episode hopefully before christmas and yeah take it easy we'll see you soon later Yes, people, Dave Fensom here with another episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen, joined as always by my life partner and sexual entrepreneur, Mr. Chris Greer. I'll take all of those things. Thank you very much. Hello, everyone. The reason you take those things is why we are together to this day. Um, <laughs> don't tell my wife. Anyway, uh, well, thank you uh, for bearing with us. Uh, Chris and I are basically sitting here in the studio. We call it the studio. Mm. It's, it's mm. a shed. Uh, it's a shed with some foam on the walls. And it's cold, man. This is the first time it's been genuinely cold. We've yeah, brought it down I mean, What here. are we? We're now kind of late-ish November yeah uh, and yeah it's it's pretty chilly outside and yeah we are in a shed at the bottom of your garden we're both wearing hats we look like a couple of uh, of incredibly unmuscular navvies that's what we yes. look like we look yeah. like people that would uh, would take in your bins and then get fired for the first day for <laughs> not having enough strength <laughs> yeah. or fortitude having to cry after everyone because yeah, exactly. knackered us out because we so yeah we're both wearing black beanie hats like proper indie music cunts cool anyway um so yeah this week we are doing uh, the album janet period mm. by janet jackson uh it's not called janet's period it's just uh that's how it was it was janet full stop that was quite a, a thing it was a it? deliberate yeah it was, a choice, yeah, that it was, was janet full stop that you don't we're not trading on the jackson name anymore yeah, exactly. we're jackson full stop so this was number one uh for two weeks 
uh, the period May 23rd, 1993 to June the 5th. Uh, so this is the first time actually in a good while we've had a, a one that wasn't just a one week yeah. number one. And it's just because you mentioned that it's just called Janet, Janet mm-hmm. full stop. And it was also, for some reason, it was all lowercase, whatever it is. Yeah. Whenever you take away the Jackson from Janet Jackson's name, and you go, yeah, she's just called Janet. Yeah. Surely that's your mum's friend. Yeah, it feels Janet. like it feels like a, a it feels like a like a middle aged divorcee, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure that it's got the same <laughs> cachet in in the states, but yeah, certainly it's mm. it's the name of a woman of a certain age here, isn't it? It, it is. It's sort of like oh yeah, this is Margaret. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this is this is her friend Janet. That's my aunt. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's one of those ones. It does. It's you know, for Janet Jackson being in part of one of the like the ro- music royalty and like one of the coolest women of the nineties and all that sort of stuff. Then you go, oh, but she is called Janet. Yeah. True that. Mm. But yes, no, so we're doing that. And I have never heard this album before. As, I... you, as you might expect, I wasn't a big Janet Jackson fan in the 80s, so I didn't have any intention of finding out what was going on with her in the 90s. But I suspect you've got a different story on that. Well, maybe. I mean, I was a Janet Jackson fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I like Control and I really, really, really liked Rhythm Nation. Right, sure. Uh, I think Rhythm Nation is a brilliant record, really underrated album, actually. And I was always a fan of Janet Jackson. Right. Um, but, as we've said quite a few times, my face was in a very different direction. Of course, yeah, point. no, that's true, because uh, Control was, what, 86, I think? Yeah. And Rhythm Nation 89. Mm-hmm. So this is four years on, and yeah, you're right. You know, for both of us, you know, we were into our mid-teens and exploring yeah. different stuff, and yeah. the music was changing. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm listening, in 1993, I'm listening to Primus and Jane's Addiction gotcha. and Pantera, and that's where I'm at. I'm not necessarily, you know, I'm, I'm probably not being, I'm probably not slagging Janet Jackson off. It's mm-hmm. just I'm not buying pop albums at the minute. No, you would, uh, you'd have been aware of this album coming out, I'm assuming? Uh, yeah. you, you knew it was happening you know, I mean, because it was, it was a big deal. You know, I was in the middle of watching an awful lot of MTV, and you, right. this, these were big MTV Ah, true, they were all singles. over the place. Yeah, yeah it, you know, I mean, I was mainly watching, uh, you know, Headbangers Ball and, you know, kind of Alternative Nation. Minutes, yeah, 120 yeah. Minutes, all of those shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I, I kind of was keeping away, you know, you, you, I mean, they were big cultural events, you know. They were yeah. not so much in the UK, actually, as they were in America. Maybe so. I yeah, mean, that's I'm, true, yeah. I'm, I'm almost surprised that this album had two weeks at number one in mm-hmm. the UK. So are you saying that you have never heard this album in full before? No, I don't think I have. You haven't? Okay, right. I mean, so you're coming in fresh. I, I certainly certainly haven't any memory of having heard no. it all the way through. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've, got, I've got love for Janet Jackson coming in for this. I'm interested to hear what I'm going to say. Okay, sure. Well, that's where I was coming from. I was coming from the, the position of not knowing really anything and not having not been a fan in the 80s, mm-hmm. really not knowing those other two big albums. Because um, Control was her third actual album, but it was yeah. the first one that got her really to superstardom. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't uh, part of that train, and so I missed that whole thing. I was coming in going, I know Janet Jackson is a pop phenomenon, and I know the big singles. Yeah. I remember more kind of the mid to late 90s stuff that she was putting out. Sure. But I've never heard this before. I hope that there is... Something in there for me because you know it's a, if it's a good pop album, it's a good pop album. Yeah. That's fair. And so I'm I'm kind of going into this with high hopes, I'd say. Okay. Yeah. Well, 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 well. I'd like to. And the producers on this, Jam and Lewis, obviously had been all over R and B stuff at the beginning Indeed. of that decade. Indeed. Well, end end of eighties, beginning of nineties. They they defined the New Jack Swing sound to a great extent. 
And that's that's fun to look back on. Yeah, I mean, so, I think I think I mean Teddy Riley would have oh have, no. have a word to say about yeah, that. Yeah, fair, play, but, fair uh, play. But certainly, you know, they, they, they've they've worked with all the big players. They have. I mean, I did a little uh, sort of research because I was thinking, oh, jam, I remember seeing their name all mm. over the place, and they're always touted as these mega producers. So I was going, I bet you they've done some some of my favourite songs. I just didn't even know. And how do we look? Uh, and they have done. Uh, they wrote "Just Be Good to Me" for the SOS band, which oh, was okay. then covered by Beat nice. International. Uh, they wrote Sensitivity for Ralph Tresvant. Yep. Um, they produced Criticised by Alexander O'Neill, which is a great tune. Mm-hmm. Um, they produced Human by Human League, uh, oh, whenever wow, they were trying to do a different thing. Monkey by George Michael. Uh, but then they also just produced one called My Funny Friend and Me by Sting, which was on the soundtrack of The Emperor's New Groove. Oh, that's actually a really good song. Is it? No, Emperor's New Groove is... Have you ever seen Emperor's New no, Groove? No, no, no. Emperor's New Groove is one of those, uh, you know... Eat, like, I don't mind a Disney film. Sure. Okay. Uh, but I think Emperor's New Groove is a film that you can enjoy. Oh, right. It's, actually in, got some... if, if you know, it's funny. It's, it's genuinely, genuinely oh, funny, play. Emperor's New Groove. It's fair really, play. really funny. I did think, whenever I was looking through, that I thought they would have been involved with a load more big songs that I loved. But looking through their reams of tracks they've produced an awful lot of shit mate they really have been involved with just some some dreadful stuff so i guess that's swamps out the good stuff so let, again, let's be clear man 90s soul and mm-hmm. r&b you know if you look below the peaks of the mountains yep. you know that that era produced a load of great songs that you know really became part of the culture just lived yeah. on yeah, yeah. love them love them love them but they were kind of the exception because there was an awful lot of turgid dog shit there really was and I imagine that, again the UK probably didn't even see half of it oh no for sure yeah, the, in I, America it would have been a wash and I, I was keeping an eye out for right. for more of it in the earlier 90s because you know kind of there was a lot of it mixed in with hip hop and stuff like that and sure. I used to you know when I was listening to that New Jack Swing I was following those charts and billboard and stuff like that where I could right um, and yeah loads of it absolute dog shit man uh, yeah that's what I'm kind of gathering from what I, I'm looking mm-hmm. at at this uh, record of their achievements is going oh you've just you've just you know thrown a bucket of paint at the wall to see which bits work and there's an awful lot of really bad yeah. and you know even stuff that a lot of people really like even people that uh, that have got similar taste to me you know like I was never a Jadesi fan for example no you for know, good reason any of the you know any of the real kind of just fucking sexy slow jam mm-hmm. stuff I say this as a fan of Ralph Tresvant's sensitivity <laughs> yeah, right sure but a lot of that stuff <laughs> I'm just like oh man here's a load of men singing about emotions they've never really felt yeah. do you know what I mean it's uh, I never, I, I don't really fuck with that stuff. I, I, nah, I, it, well, it was boring crap, most of it. Yeah, I like mm. stuff, something you can dance to, something with a bit of a beat. Well, know, yeah, the, the slower the, jams I'm less driven towards. No, you're absolutely right. But the, yeah, the, from that era, the ones that were the big party jams are still good fun today, I'd yeah. say. But no, it's not as much as I thought there was going to be from, from Jam and Lewis. Um, but in terms of this album, uh, like I said, so this is her fifth album. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was only 27 when this came out. So she's still very kind of, not new at all, because she's a Jackson. She's been performing since day sure. one. But uh, it, she's still probably only the early career, mid-career at mm-hmm. best. Um, and this was a, the third in a row that went to number one and was a massive selling album. Yeah, This was the one that she recorded for Virgin after they'd had that bidding war. Uh, where she became briefly the highest paid artist in the world. Before she was taken over by her brother. By her brother, a couple of days later. Yeah. Yeah, they, she signed a contract for 40 million, and like two days later, he re signed with Sony for 60. Yeah, and what you can only call a fucking dick. Move. I know, that really is. He, he could have delayed that. Yeah. Um, but it's also a progression 
for her. There's a lot of different themes she's doing in this album that she hadn't really touched on before. So it's it's a it's a more of a grown up thing. Yeah, but also we've got to bear in mind as well that not necessarily a fair thing to do to compare someone to their brother, mm. right? But I think when you're talking about the Jacksons, it's quite difficult to avoid all comparisons, mm-hmm. you know. And I think what's quite interesting is they've got quite a different place in the culture at this point. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson has obviously been the king of pop, has ridden his success in you know his, his heyday in the 80s. Yeah. And I think by the time we get to 1993, obviously Dangerous is, what, two years away. Yeah. And I don't think there's really a lot of doubt that his most potent days are behind him. There's a lot of money, there's a lot of flash, there's an enormous fan base there. Yeah. But he's not cool really now. He's not he's no. not the thing that the kids are getting into. Well, yeah, he's yeah. fucking getting into some kids though. <laughs> hey, um and so like but Janet is. Janet's you know, Janet's off the back yeah, of still Rhythm cool. Nation and she's coming in with this massive bidding war against her. People are being like, Okay, you're one of the most important artists of the nineties mm-hmm. in this era which is being defined in many many ways by this emerging you know certainly away from the kind of all the rock and guitar stuff Mm -hmm. this emerging soul sound is you know she's at the vanguard of it yep very much so this is a kind of a make or break album in a lot of ways i mean commercially i mean it was very very successful oh it absolutely was it's huge this is um you know it sold three hundred fifty thousand copies in the first week yeah which uh, at the time was a record for the highest first week sales for a female artist Mm -hmm. It has now sold over 14 million copies worldwide. So this is a huge album. Yeah, yeah. It's the yeah. only Billboard uh, album to ever produce uh, six top ten singles. Six I think. top tens. Yeah. I mean, this is an album that, in theory, has produced eight singles. Yeah. One of them only came out in Holland. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. And yeah, one of them wasn't a top ten Billboard, but it produced seven singles off it. Yeah. Um, I was looking up. There's a few number ones as well. Yeah. There's only a handful of albums that have had six singles go into the top 10 of that Hot 100. Mm-hmm. Two of them, I think, are Drake, right. recent, which I don't count because streaming doesn't count sure. as physical sale to me. It's not the same. You can't judge one against yeah. another. Uh, do you want to have a guess at any of the others? Uh, albums that have had six top 10 Billboard Hot 100 singles? Oh, let me have a think. Uh, Madonna's going to have one. No. She hasn't? No, no Madonna's. Okay. Um, but there are one, two, three, f- um, four, five in the 80s. Okay. Um, thriller's going to be one of thriller. them. Thriller. Um, thriller has to be one of them. Thriller, absolutely. Um, I, think, I think that was the first one. Hang on a minute. I've I, I got a good shout out. Was it Phil Collins? No. No Phil Collins? No. Okay. I'll give you one of them was Rhythm Nation, 1814. So Janet had... That sure. as uh, already um, one of them's them teenage dream, Katy Perry. So again, that's later. Okay, and it's more of a muddled stat-wise. I'm just trying to think what these enormous jumbo albums that kept but on going are. Um, Thriller and, and and bad, yeah, bad. Exactly, that's another yeah. one. See, I think is I've, I've I know I know some of these, and they're just, oh, not, they're, and they're just not coming to two me. two massive albums. One of them's an English guy. And one of them is a very, very American guy. Uh, it's going to be George Michael. Yes. Uh, and a very, very American guy, Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. Born in the USA in faith. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So those are the ones that have had six top ten Billboard singles. Yeah. So this is it's a fucking massive album. Big achievements all around. Lots of accolades. It's a big, big deal. Wasn't for you or me at the time. No. But let's be clear, that's the point of this podcast. Well, indeed. Anyway, indeed. so right, so let's start, as we always do, with the album cover. Yes, Now, right. see, now th- this album cover, it's one thing if you just look at the album cover and you have no context. Sure. Uh, and it's another thing if you know 
the image that it's cropped from. Indeed. So, yeah, if for anyone who hasn't seen it, the album cover is just basically a close-up of Janet Jackson's face. Yeah. Uh, but it's if but if you ever look at the... She did a Rolling Stone cover, and which is the full image, which is basically her husband at the time basically stood behind her, cup in her breasts, uh, in his hands, basically. Yeah. And so it's her from waist up, yeah. topless. And I swear to... God, I don't think any other uh, in uh, n- uh, no image in the nineties had more of a fucking weird effect on me. Jesus Christ! Good Lord! I mean, there was that, and I think there was maybe um, a Gail Porter FHM cover. Yeah, that's yeah. Where it was like, good Jesus. Yeah, and that, and that, and that, that that girl with the tennis scratching. Her oh, ass. obviously that one yeah, standard. Yeah. But yeah, no, this that, it's quite the image, and I and I think you know I I don't dis- uh, separate the two. It's a very right. it's a very nice photograph. It's a oh, well composed yeah. album cover. It's, yep. you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's simple, it's effective, does what it totally. does. Totally, and I suppose if she is saying, right, we're just going to call it Janet, we're going to you know, subtract the Jackson bit, we're going to focus on just me and my, uh, on my story, a separate to the, the rest of the family, mm-hmm. fair enough, and it's just a nice close-up of her, it's, this is focusing on her, and this is what it's about, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Yep, yep. I agree. Uh, that does, it's good, and it is iconic, it's one of those ones that became a big uh, image in the 90s, you would recognise that from, yeah. in, in Iraq, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, whatever, 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 whatever <laughs> Middle Eastern country you're in. <laughs> you know, it's like one of those iconic images. It's mm. right up there with that Wonder Bra, Eva Herzegova. Oh, of course. Advert. The, yeah, the big billboard. Yeah. Well, look, this album is, amongst other things, 28 tracks long. Were you the same as me? Because I absolutely shit myself whenever I looked this up on Spotify and it was like 75 minutes, 28 tracks. Yeah. I was oh, like, I mean, what? What I thought initially, I mean, because when I just saw the tracks, I was like, oh no, this is one of those special editions where it's all of the tracks. Oh uh, no. And is there yeah. another version of it? And then you look at it a little bit closer and you realise that pretty much every track, if not every has got an equal corresponding, mm. like, one like one minute thirty at the longest, eight seconds at the shortest. Kind yeah, of a little interlude. Seconds. Yeah, and yeah. basically, it's it's one of those kind of CD things that people were fans of doing. Oh, at the absolutely. Time. It's I find it deeply annoying. It's, it's, it's incredibly annoying yeah. and stupendously pointless. Yeah, yeah. And I would imagine if you've ever attempted to listen to this album on shuffle, oh God. one of the worst things you've ever done <laughs> yeah, in your life. True. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, basically, yeah, it's, it's a couple of seconds of worth of intro. It's normally something that feeds into the next track, yeah. um, or it's just the sound of some rain, for example, or some fucking nonsense. It really is very annoying. Yeah, it's it, it's a con- it's a conceptual thing. I've no idea yeah. why why they chose to do it. I. I, I don't think it's got any great artistic merit. I I agree with you no. on this one, Chris. No. I, and I, you know, I'm I'm prone to defend like things like this in albums, and but it's just a device that takes it too far. It means you can't listen to a track in its complete. Like it's like if this is part, of, this is supposed to be that song, mm-hmm. then you're making it more difficult for me to hear this song in its entirety. Yeah. If it's not part of the song then it's fucking superfluous. And why do why I need is it, it there? Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. So yeah, we have obviously not. Even listen. I've not listened to most of the interludes. Only by mistake, if I, I yeah. did, I was skipping through to every time I could. So we're not doing anything on those little. Oh bits no, of... I've, I've listened to all of them every time. Oh, you you're, fool! You're right. not allowed to do that. Oh, I skipped everyone. But prick. yeah, so we it ends up uh, out of the twenty eight tracks that are on the official release, there are fourteen songs. Yeah. So, so we're gonna, this first section here, we're going to yeah. do tracks one to ten, which is in fact. Tracks one to five. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, fine. Right, we'll give you the full rundown of the track names oh, as we go through. So track one is called Morning. It's a minute and I'm not even describing them. Yeah. Can't, can't get into that. Track two is called That's the Way Love Goes. 
And it was the first single yeah. uh, in May of 1993, so just before the album. And it got to number two in the UK, yeah. but it got to number one in the States. Okay, so look, here we are. We've got the little, like, kind of slinky, jazzy breakbeat behind. Yeah. That's a classic uh, Impeach the President drum loop. Yeah. Got the nice little keys. Uh-huh. Now, this feels very different to what she's been doing up to now, which is... Uh, you know the kind of the, the more rigid kind of quite I mean I guess kind of industrially clangy right yeah do you know what I mean in your face very kind of pop focus this feels like a, a jazzy R&B track yes absolutely it feels more grown up I would say well it, I, I would definitely agree with that and I suspect that is exactly what she's trying to uh, put, put across but gr- grown up can be damning a song with faint praise oh because you think oh it's yeah. dull and again this this is one of those songs that's like, I'm not naturally inclined towards slow jams but this mm-hmm. is a slow jam with a nice beat to it mm-hmm. a nice head nod to it um, I really like that little kind of spoken uh, moth to a flame bit that goes through okay yeah I, you know it, this to me is a cool track mm, okay yeah yeah, yeah it, it absolutely is it is R&B, but without the, the, in my head anyway, the really dull trappings that go with it, because I'm, I would usually go, I'd write it off. Mm-hmm. And this is, on the first listen or so, I think, I was like, this is maybe, in general, a bit too saccharine, and it's a bit too slickly produced for what I would normally be into, yeah. but it's a really catchy hook, yeah. and her voice is great on it, it really works. And it does. It kind of just gets into your head. It's just a nice groove. Yeah, this is this is a nice track. It, it, yeah. and, and this is a weird thing. We'll, we'll probably discuss this a couple of times today. It doesn't do loads. It's not. No. You know. You know. In terms of big R and B tracks that I like, you know. You know. It's not poison. You know, with that sure. big kind yeah. of break in it. It's not. It's not full of big hooks, but it's melodious and pleasant. Which again sounds like damning it with faint praise. <laughs> yeah, but it, <laughs> you take that out of context, you go, "Oh, he hates it." But no. no. But I, you know, I, I, I've got a pop song compilation, and this is going to go on it because yeah. I've, I've forgotten about this song. I'm like, "Oh, actually, no, I really this like this. Not- this is going to go back on it." Yeah, I mean, this is a really great production. Yeah, uh, you know, obviously her voice is nice as well, but the production on this makes the song yeah. for me. It, it's like samples, uh, "Impeach President" and it, a James Brown track, so it's got kind of those little soul and funk influences. Mm-hmm. Um, but over the top, there is the very smooth keys, like you said. And it's a sultry, you know, smoke, smoky room kind of thing. Yeah. And it is nice and sexy. She yeah. is trying to put, put this persona across of... I'm not going to lie to you, mate. You just made eye contact when you said nice and sexy to me. Yeah. I've never felt weirder. <laughs> <laughs> well, us in our fucking woolly hats yeah, and yeah. scarves. <laughs> Literally like fucking Compo and Clay. <laughs> Talking about whether Janet Jackson is sexy. Nice. What a shame. But yeah, carry on. She's also, throughout this album, she has an awful lot of much more sexually explicit lyrics going on. She's, yeah. you know, she's not afraid to, to say some shit. I mean, she, I mean, she's not Nicki Minaj. No, oh, right, no. Yeah, true. But for 1993, and especially for Janet Jackson. Yeah, who'd been very, very sque- squeaky clean, the young Janet. Hadn't Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so one of the things, like, I'm going to take you places you've never been before, and you'll be so happy that you came. It's like, all right, see what you're saying here, Janet. Oh, Thank you very much. Oh, 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 um, and, ooh, baby, don't stop, don't stop. Go deeper, baby, deeper. You feel so good, I'm going to cry. That's not even a double entendre. No, that's just that's yeah. just. She's a... really going from the outset, and the video for this, presumably, you must have seen it back in yeah. the days of MTV. It was all over MTV. Um, 
it's her and her dancers are sitting in kind of their rehearsal space and she puts the tape on of this mm-hmm. new new jam she's been working on and they all start dancing and they all start grinding on each other mm-hmm. and it's all very uh, get a little bit sweaty and and hot in here and the, you know at one point someone runs their finger on the top of a salt shaker yeah. and someone kisses someone else's toes so it's a little yeah. bit it's a bit racy and they all pretend that they weren't gay men oh totally <laughs> <laughs> or Jennifer Lopez who who's in this video oh, sure, uh, she was one of the dancers at the time and she's got uh, a line at the very start which is like uh, I- I'm not going to do the voice please but, don't uh, in her very very nasal stereotype they've really amped it up gone like no JLo would you just mind being extra Latina for yeah, a little yeah. minute and she's like oh Janny you got a why you do this to me this sort of stuff but it's, it's she's like an uncredited oh, extra nice. basically in it but it's one of her first screen sounds like as. and this was fucking massive right this yes, was, it was. Uh, so it was number one in the states like I said number two over here mm-hmm. so decent number one in the states it turns out this is the 17th biggest hit of the 90s Overall, I, I think this, that's in America. I think it's an American stat. Um, the biggest selling single by a female artist in South Africa. Now, well. now you know. Uh, it remained at number one in the States for eight weeks, which to date still makes it the most successful chart performance of any member of the Jackson family. Uh, and it, it earned a Grammy for the best R&B song as well. The single has sold over three million copies. Yeah. It's big, big deal. And so as the first single to come back with, this was a great one. Made a massive impact showed people what what the new Janet was, mm-hmm. introduced them to that, and deflected from where she had been. It's a really, really good single, I think yeah. this is. Classic. Brilliant song. The other thing about... I do remember this. And, you know, so this is one of the songs that if you'd played this in a pub quiz, I'd have been able to identify it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's Janet Jackson. But I didn't really remember it at all. And I don't know if I've ever listened all the way through before. Because the previous thing that she had had out was that uh, Best Things in Life Are Free with Luther Vandross, I think it yeah. was. And I kind of conflated that with this output. Yeah. And I think that's a shit song, that mm-hmm. Best Things in Life Are Free. I think that's fucking annoying as hell. And so I think of Janet Jackson this this period as that. Mm-hmm. And this was a big surprise to me whenever I went back to it. Yeah. It was very different and much, much more enjoyable. Exactly. And yeah. I, I do not like that Luther Vandross. Even though I'm a fan of that era of Janet Jackson, I'm not a fan of that Luther Vandross oh, song. Oh, crap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, flimsy shit! Right. Uh, but no, really, really impressed with that one. Cool. Right, well, that's a, that's we. I think we're uh, yeah, we're, we're two and zero for mm, that one. Cool. Right. So uh, track three is called "You Know," which is literally her saying "You Know." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, why would you put that I as know. a separate track? And the, the second, and four God. is track four, which is is "You Want This." Right. Here we are with that new jam swing. Bang bang bang. Yeah. This is it, you can picture this getting played in a house party movie, can't you? Everyone dancing in the kitchen. I mean, I'm dancing. Yes, he is. <laughs> like knocks it dancing. in. You're like, okay, so you're like almost. Oh, this is a bit more like kind of New Jack Swing, a bit more kind of old Janet in a way. Right. But then here come the keys, smooth it out a little bit. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, this big bright vocal that's going to come in. And this was the sixth single. Yeah, look, let's let's be honest about Janet Jackson's voice, right? Mm-hmm. Janet Jackson is not a, like a fantastic singer. No, and she's better than I am. I don't know, Dave. I've heard you croon. Ah, uh, you know, I've seen you in bands in the nineties. I've seen your croon. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, you know, it, it's a for me, it's a pleasant enough, uh, it's a pleasant enough uh, thing here. Uh, 
what, what, what I think she has got though is, and, and whether this is her own gift or gift of the people she works with, mm. she's got a really kind of good um, sense of phrasing. Oh, okay, yeah. And she like she she uses what she's got well. Right. No. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Like I said, it's a perfectly serviceable pop voice, but it's not like she's not Mariah. She's not yeah. uh, Aretha Franklin. Nothing like that. Nah. But yeah, it's it, it's a perfectly nice voice. And I think this is a perfectly okay pop tune. Um, I don't think this is anything out of the ordinary. It sounds very, very 1993, like we've said. Sure. And it's nice, but I don't think it's amazing. Yeah, look, I mean, I, for me, I really like this hook. Yeah. There's not a, there's not a massive hook anywhere else in the song. There's not no, a big chorus, really right? Isn't. However, I do find myself bobbing my head along to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it outstays its welcome. I said the same thing. It, it doesn't need to be over five minutes. This it one. There's like doesn't. a call and response thing at the end that goes on for too long. Well, there's a weird plinky keys thing that happens, and every time I listen to it, if I'm whether it was in my car or whether at home, I thought that some kind of alert was going off on my computer oh, really? or on my thing. Okay. Because it, it really just sounds like it, it, there's a kind of it's like kind of a plinky off key kind of thing with the keys, uh-huh. and it it just sounds like your phone's trying to tell you something. Oh, happened. weird. All right. Or yeah. you were getting a, or you sat now selling the speed camera. It's one of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Janet. And uh, lyrically, she's very full of herself. This is a classic. You know, uh, she finds out that there's a guy who who likes her, so she makes him work for it. She's really very uh, confident in her her abilities. She's like one thing I've been told: nothing else compares to this loving body. Uh, well. So I was like, well, fair play. Uh, what makes me think I can say this to you? I know how bad you want this. So, thank, yeah. yeah, Janet, fair play. All right. I am much lazier than anyone that uh, she she would find in her entourage. I'd be like, oh, fine then. Let's just leave it. That yeah, sounds yeah, like yeah. a lot of work. I mean, I'll, I'll, I will write to her and let her know. If you wouldn't mind. I'm sure she'll be... Uh, i just tell her to tone it down r- if, if r- I ever do express an interest. Well, I just thought she was going to be thinking about a missed opportunity, really. Yeah, true. Uh, I'll send her a picture of you in 1993. <laughs> oh, Jesus, yeah. Hmm... <laughs> Uh, but you know, I, like you say, I think there's not much of a hook to most of this. No. It's it's got a little bit here and there. Um, there's a single version which has MC Light doing a, a rap on it, which is actually quite fun. Okay. But now th- this doesn't do a lot for me. Uh, coming in from the first single uh, into this, I'm like, all right, okay, yeah, we, we've gone right up, and then we've gone back to the middle. I, I, I like it as a mood change, um, yeah, and I'd like to hear, I'd like to hear a song with this kind of tone. That's as good as the first song. Right. Love sure. to hear oh that. yeah. No, you're right. Because like the 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 much more upbeat yeah. uh, party banger type. Yeah, you want to get that, but with a hook. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this only got to number fourteen in the the UK as well, so it wasn't as big a deal for us. Sure. So okay. So let's go into track tracks five and six. So tracks uh, five is called "Be a Good Boy," which is kind of a put a condom on. Thing. Yeah. Uh, and then six is called "If." Oh, now that's a, that is a heavily uh, affected guitar, <laughs> isn't it? It's weird and dissonant. Sounds like the start of uh, Labyrinth. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Baby to Power. But then, oh, we're banging a beat in. It's almost like a Michael Jackson banger beat in. Yeah, oh, definitely is. And a big old fuzzy bass line. want to scream. Yep. Oh, ah. But I'm, I'm jigging around to yeah, this Yeah, now this is a good, like, forceful, brings you with him. Uh, and this was the second single, which came out in July of 93. Also only got to number 14. Uh, but weirdly, this was the record company wanted to release this first as the first single, yeah. um, but we're, we're, we're finally overruled because they were like, "This wouldn't have been enough of a different thing from Rhythm Nation." I don't think. Here we go. This, this is that syncopation on this. Oh, I see what you're saying. All right. 
that's really lovely and tight the way it just sits in the groove there just that kind of dictates that groove to you and like so the, and the beat is really sparse mm-hmm yep See, this this bit here, this pre-chorus bit, I think is so catchy. Same as that. So Same catchy. As that. Really nice. It is kind of reminiscent of Scream again, though. Yeah. 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 Even though Scream's Precursor. later. I know. And it... Now, see, this is the part of the song, this, if this chorus was a fucking enormous chorus. Yeah. This would be the best song on the album. I, I, yeah, the chorus I think lets it down. It really does. There's, it's just it takes it, it down a notch. It's kind of it's like a it's like a retread of it's like a retread but not as good as that syncopated verse. Right. Uh, and it's fine because they're playing with rhythm and you've got all this kind of stuff going on sonically. So there's a lot yeah. going on. But if that just opened up into that bang, 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 open like, like into the, into another register, right. and you had this enormous cube, this would just be a classic. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. You know, I mean, you know, you- it's weird. I I had the same thought. I thought that it built and built, and that, like I say, this bit, this pre-chorus. Glorious, mm. and then it's like, all right, this is this is all right. Yeah. This I mean, is you know, don't get me wrong; it, it works as a song to me. It's a, it, sure. it's a, you know, it's a six and a half. It's a seven, you know. Right. Okay. Um, but you like, you kind of wait, and you're like, all right, mm. and, you know, because you love a big pop song, you're waiting for the, the huge for chorus the, for the drop, and it's not, it's just not there. And yeah. you know, maybe that's a deliberate choice. Who knows? Yeah. And so we got this, and then we got, get to a weird breakdown. Oh right. And I'm yeah. wondering if you've got the same note I have. Have you got? At three minutes. Have you got the bit of three minutes? Uh, no, I don't. I'll put the let bit on me, three uh, minutes. Let me skip to that one yep. second. Jim Jiminy, Jim Jiminy. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, funnily enough, no, I didn't think that. <laughs> play it, play it, get it here. Play it, get it here. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, that, that string bit is the intro of a, a Diana Ross and the Supreme song, and that's the second song that's used a Diana Ross and the Supreme right, sample. Right. So far, out of four, like three songs, crazy. For me, the main bit is the the lyrics on this one. Yeah, I mean, are absolute filth. Oh, yeah. They really are. I mean, the, where we've seen uh, in the last one, she was you know sort of pushing the boundaries on the, on that. This one is really gone over the line. It's a song about it's a woman who is fantasizing in great detail about what she'd like to do to a guy that she's into, but that guy isn't single, so she, she's like, I won't. So it's like, if I was your girl, yeah. this is what I would do to you. And then tells him a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, but then yeah. she goes, but I am not, so I won't. Which is, you know, it's yeah. it's like she's defining herself by being proper up for some pervy mm-hmm. nonsense, but only if it's in a committed relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So that sort of way. Look, man, I'm... Uh... You know, I, I need to I need to say this. I'll, I'll probably say it in the intro, but um, hmm. it, I, you, there, are, there are less uh, specific lyrical contributions from me on this episode. The reason being, I can't fucking read at the well, moment. Well, indeed, that's fine. Uh, so I I wasn't able to read the lyrics in a way that I normally would without hurting my eyes. Well, let so I me didn't. tell you, my friend. Yeah. I'm trying not to get too aroused as I'm looking at you and saying these words. Oh, mm. can't uh, focus. It's fine. <laughs> um, so, how many nights I've laid in bed, excited over you, I've closed my eyes and thought of us a hundred different ways. I've gotten there so many times, I wonder how about you. So, she's 
Just saying, oh, I think of you when I'm wanking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. Um, uh, close your eyes and imagine my body undressed. Take your time because we've got all night. You on the rise as you're touching my thighs. And let me know what you'd like. If you like, I'll go down, 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 down. I'll hold you in my hand and maybe your smooth and shiny feels so good against my lips. I'm really hoping that no one ever samples this and takes it out of context. Because <laughs> oh, this, is, this, is, this is like, you know, the, 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 bad, the bad sex award. Oh, definitely. definitely. Uh, me, got, me saying this is not the same as her saying Garth it. Garth Marenghi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want you so bad I can taste your love right now. It's, it's really... Is it still a lyric? It's uh, still a lyric, okay, yeah. Good, yeah it's not just, you know, just looking at you and saying it. And she has openly said, she, her quote is that it's not based on experience. She never, you know, said this to a bloke, but she said this is absolutely how I felt quite a lot of times. Um, it's about a girl, it's in her own words, in a, about a girl who goes to a club and fantasizes about this guy, serious fantasies about the things she'd do to him if she was his girl, the positions and things like that. But she's not, so she can't, so she gets pretty frustrated in the second verse. Uh, without it being too much, it's still within good taste. And I'm going, nah. I mean, I'm sure it tastes good, but hey. Hey. Uh, she's really going for it. And the video for this as well, um, if you, I don't know if you remember the video for this. It's uh, in a, kind of a nightclub where there's a lot of uh, cameras going around. People, like, you, you can look into people mm-hmm. on screens and that sort of stuff. Um, but there's a, a real kind of raunchy dance yeah. number goes on in the middle of it. And there's a bit where she pushes a male dancer's head down to her crotch, mm-hmm. which apparently, and there's a couple of different articles, say was... A big deal at the time because oral sex on women wasn't still getting talked about in music. Uh, it was starting to in the 90s. Um, but there's videos by like TLC, Mary J. Blige, and sure. this one that were breaking down that barrier. Yeah, it was very much a, it's a very much a thing you don't do. It was a diss, wasn't it? it was Apparently like, so. You yeah, know, it was still I mean, at that like, time. One of one of my favourite ever. I mean, obviously, I never, I don't share the opinions about uh, female oral sex, mm. um, but uh, uh, which I don't know why I threw that in, mm. uh, ladies, um, <laughs> as if any women listen to this podcast. Um, but yeah, uh, one of my favourite ever diss lines was um, uh, the reason I call you pussies because you are what you eat. <laughs> naughty by nature, right? Yeah, brilliant. right. But yeah, it's one of those things. But this was one of the songs that was starting to talk about it and starting to show that that's what women wanted. And apparently it was a a big-ish deal at the time for women to specifically reference their desire for men to be willing to uh, play the harmonica. The harmonica? The harmonica. Jesus I've written Christ. That Fuck me, you've written that down. I have. <laughs> or drinking from the furry cup, obviously. Oh, no. Going vegetarian. Do we, do we have to do this? Mouth to south resuscitation. Right. <laughs> so, uh, any more? Getting a fanny floss. Oh, no. Um, speaking to the miniature. Minger? M- minger. Lickety split. No. Right. But, but yes, uh, I think this is a great tune. I think it's a really good, it could be better, like we've said, but I think this is a really, really catchy tune. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Huge. I, I, it's great. Big yeah. fucking sound yeah. on it. All right, lovely. Well, let's do tracks seven and eight uh, back and this time. And this is the first song that we've come to that wasn't released as a single. Okay. I mean, it's about fucking 30 minutes long. I know, it's, it's huge and sprawling. So here we come in with some fucking cowboy, Morricone, fucking but, cowboy opera. Yeah, well, they got they got a soprano called Kathleen Battle, an American soprano, to come in and sing some opera stuff and then use that as the, the basis for the track, really. But yeah, that's, that's definitely what a dead or alive in the background there in the guitar. Oh, 
It's, it's nice and spooky. Stomps in. Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. I mean, this is a big beat. Oh. I mean, one thing you, we, we have to say about production-wise, they have put massive drums right at the front of all of these tracks. All at the front. Yeah. All at the front. It's like where the vocal would normally sit. Yeah, just crisp bam yeah. on all of these tracks. And I love that. Mm. Oh, come on, man. Look. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you say uh -huh. have to say about this song because, like, look, this this track, it's fucking weird and it's sprawling. Yeah. And and it does very few of the things that I normally require a pop song to do. Right. And yet, I fucking do really love this song. I think there's so much good stuff about yeah, this yeah. song. I think the opera, the the, the soprano bit, works beautifully. Yeah. It gives this kind of otherworldly, ethereal feel to it. Um, like I said, this crisp drum beat over the top pounds it into your head. Her mm. vocals again work really. That's this this vocal line is terrific. There's a great tune yeah. to it. And it's all composition. It's all composition, and you know, and and obviously I'm not diminishing her a part in it because the the performance of this vocal line is incredible mm -hmm, as well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, so it, it does this for like. How long is this song? Like seven minutes. Seven minutes. It does this for like about four and a half minutes. Yeah. It's kind of, it just goes in between this and that. So it's kind of a, this time. Da, 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 yeah, da, da. and it's about uh, a woman who is finally walking away from a shit relationship. She's like, yeah. this time I won't put up with it, but this time you're done, etc., etc. So yeah. that, it's got that angry and oppressive feel to it because she is she's bitter and hardened and this sort of stuff. Um, but the whole feel of it, it, it really, there's a, a, a funk that drives through it, even though it's not a proper funk tune. Um, but yeah, like you say, seven minutes long, and so we do, we get to, that's just over four minutes, I suppose. Should we skip to the, yeah. the, the that end-ish bit? But, uh, this beat as well, the production on the beat, I mean, we, oh, I mean, we kind of talked about it. It's just, I, I love the way these drums sound. So yeah, we're about four and a half minutes here. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh, this is the end of the song, because this is it's finished but yeah. then you look at it and you go nope still two and a half minutes to go I just put it pauses and then it goes mental it does it just like someone pushes a button yeah. called insanity called uh, called theremin opera <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, this is like you know in, uh, in Antichrist it's like I've that, not that, seen that, it it reminds me of um, a fifth element as well yeah that's that that's that, weird blue opera singer yeah but better but yeah and look it's just it does all of this kind of wacky shit yeah which loads of strings come yeah, so it's the, like, you know, his, like yeah. the drama is yeah. ramping yeah and then you've got your little timpanis underneath it yeah and we're gonna keep, keep going right up until we build back into the beat and I suppose this does explain why they couldn't do this as a single yeah because Yes, you could have just had the, foot, the radio edit, four and a half minutes, yeah. and stop there. But this bit at the end is almost where it's all leading to. Yeah. I mean, look, this is so self-indulgent. There is nothing... This is exactly the kind of shit that we would ordinarily sit and slag a track off Oh, it's gone on too long. Yeah. Cut that end bit. Oh, and, I, and I was completely expecting to sit here yeah. and, and be completely on my own with love in this, but right. it seems like you're kind of No, I'm board. into it. I'm yeah, into yeah. it. I love this. I really love this. This is my favourite one. Oh, really? So far, yeah? But, yeah, I mean, cool. it's, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it depends what, on what level you assess it on. But yeah, right, I, sure. I, I love how gonzo this is. It really does <laughs> it appeal to something. It in is me. balls out gone for it. And again, in terms of choices of putting this on an album, that's a big choice for someone like Janet Jackson to go, yeah, all right, so. yeah, we're going to put this on. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. We're going to put this on. Again, and not as like the last track or something like that. Let's mm-hmm. take it on the middle. Yeah, fucking why not? Yeah. Right, right in the middle, track four of a 14 track <laughs> album. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Seven minutes. Mm. Cool. Uh, right, so shall we do one, unless you got anything else to say on that one? No, no, I'm done. No, one more uh, in this little section? Yes, indeed. So, so well, two more, because it's. Right, uh, right, I can't read what I've written. Track nine, here. go on, Miss Janet. Oh, go on, Miss Janet. I, which I, is five seconds it, it, long. What I've written here is go on, Mixed Jacket. No, um, for some reason. <laughs> uh, and then, I don't know if Mick would be particularly pleased about that. Exactly. Uh, number 10 is Throb. Throb. Imagine calling a song Throb. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> well. I want to call a song the VD song. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay, so look, Sex Noise, and here's a funky trumpet. Mmm, this is proper early 90s Oh yeah. trumpet sound. Um, it, this is the one that was a single in Holland. I, I, and all becomes clear. Uh-huh. Das ist klar. <laughs> and here is a dance, a dance house beat. Yeah. This is very different. So, like, I mean, straight away. Going in, yeah. So like. Out of nowhere. So you go okay. So you're trying you're, you're trying a few different genres here, mm. and now we're very much into the New York kind of club land. Yeah. Th- this sounds like something you're going to hear on an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Right. This is CNC Music Factory have stormed the studio and taken over for a song. Yeah. This this feels like you know kind of high camp clubbing in the village. Oh sure. And you can imagine, uh, you know, maybe not that horn sound, but the rest of it. So it could be a Madonna song from '91. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Very yeah. much so. And look, this is not my usual vibe, right? No. At all. No, no, no. And I I liked it for a bit. Oh, right. And then okay. I got bored with it. I think it's crap. I think this is Oh, I know. I was like, rubbish. okay, I was like, oh, I like this, I like this. Where's it going? And it's yeah. like, oh, it's not going anywhere else. Three minutes, 17, it kind of starts changing a Ooh. bit. Uh, it's kind of got like this, uh, it's kind of got this kind of chanted vocal that kicks in it. Um, uh, it changes a bit, but not enough. I mean, I think it's an interesting gear change for the album. Okay, sure. Right, and you know, if we're going to applaud her putting something mental like the last one in, you have to kind of go. It's the same mindset, right? But trying I, shit out. But I think this would be this like if if this is the album I'm going back to, this is a skip. Oh, every time. I think this yeah. is. I really think this is bad. And obviously, yes, it's her doing more kind of perviness, lots of moaning. Mm-hmm. It's called throb. Yeah. Um, there's lots of sighing going on, but I think it's it's done in a very cringy way. I yeah. don't feel it, it's not making me a little bit horny like she wants it to. Thanks it's fuck. It, it's it's making me go, oh please stop this. It's so very get, bad. Get, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put little Louis uh, oh, French, French kiss. kiss on again. Yeah. No, I'm not gonna put that on either. No. But uh, okay, and, yeah. uh, lyrically, but obviously this is not a lyric song because it's more of a. A, a feel or a vibe or a throb. Sex noise song. You're quite. Um, you can hear sex noise. But, uh, it's like, to me, I thought if you said to Flight of the Concords, would you, could you please do a parody of like an early Madonna song yeah. that was along those lines? The, the lyrics in this are, I can feel your body pressed against my body when you start to pound in, love to feel you throbbing. It's just so obvious and over the mm. top. Um, and the chorus is just someone saying throb over and over until Janet at the end uh, starts saying over and over boom 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 until noon 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 it's like this is this is terrible Why would, I mean that's that's starting early 
It's not until noon, noon, noon. That is true. Yeah. yeah, haven't you got a job to go to? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, no, you haven't. No. Right, yeah, no. Yeah, no, not into that one whatsoever. No, swing and a miss for me. Fine. All right, let's do the albums. Right. We're looking at the week of May the 23rd to the 29th, which is the first week of uh, Janet Jackson being number one. So the top ten. Uh, number ten, we've got Wet, 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 live at the Albert Hall. Don't give any fucks for that. Number nine, Bon Jovi, Keep the Faith. Yeah, Bon Jovi, uh, Keep the Faith, keep the don't faith. care. Uh, they, uh, number eight, Everything But the Girl, Home Movies, which is a best of. Mm-hmm. Fine. Uh, number seven, Dar Straits, released a live album called On the Night. Don't remember. Don't care. At all. Um Number six, Dina Carroll, so close, still top ten. Still don't care. No, number five, New Order, Republic, still there. Don't care. Uh, number four, Kenny G, Breathless, still there. Number three, Two Unlimited, No Limits, it's it's making its way up the chart. I can't hear you. No. And uh, number two is REM's Automatic for People, because of course it is. Of course it is. Course Why it is. wouldn't it be? No. Um, and then in the two weeks that we can look at other albums coming out, Anthrax released The Sound of White Noise. Oh, that was the one with uh, Matey on uh, vocals, uh, John Bush. That's the, that's the fella. Who, uh-huh. he, he, it was the first one without Joey Belladonna. Oh, I yeah. see. Okay. I'm not a massive Anthrax fan, to be honest. I've never really listened to loads of Anthrax stuff. Right. I don't, oh, I don't really right. about okay. But, uh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I think I've heard that album. I don't, think, I don't remember liking it. No, well, but the only thing I knew Anthrax for at this time was... Bring the uh, Noise. Bring the Noise, exactly. The Public Enemy collab. Yeah. So I wasn't... Uh, into it whatsoever didn't care didn't didn't listen um, another one came out which I probably did hear at the time but I don't remember is Kingmaker's Sleepwalking which you probably weren't into you, you reckon mm-hmm. uh, we've also got Guru's Jasmataz though came out at yep. this time uh, got to number 58 so didn't do particularly well commercially but spawned an awful lot of kind of not imitators in the, the whole album sense, yeah. but it it kind of hit a, a sweet spot for a lot of people. I, I love that album. I've, yeah, got, I've, got, that, I've, got, I've got that on vinyl. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't like the second one as much, but I think that, that first one had some really good collaborations. That uh, the the MC Solar track on there, yeah. Le Mal, La Bien, mm-hmm. or La Bien, La Mal. I can't remember which way which order it is. That Sounds of the City track. Mm-hmm. That, that's I mean that's a skate video classic. Right, sure. You know that, that's such a such a good song. Uh, there's some tracks on there that I almost kind of forget aren't gangstar tracks. Oh, I see. Right. But yeah, gotcha. that first Jasmine Taz album is, you know, they're not all classics, but it's certainly a lot more hit than miss on that one. And it was it was an interesting thing for him to do, mm. because obviously Gangstar have a lot of jazz samples. That's sure. what, you know, that's what Premier did a lot of work with. But to do an entire album of kind of live jazz with hip hop yeah. on top of it was a... a, a an interesting reach and it worked in some ways I'm not as big a fan of it as you are oh, I, I think it works in uh, half the time and it doesn't work half the time which is fair give it a fucking shot mate yeah sure uh, Robert Plant released Fate of Nations which apparently got to number 6 I don't remember that coming out at all. no I don't remember no, that to be honest with you I, mean, I, I kind of really like a lot of the, the latter day Robert well yeah no, what he's doing uh, let's say late 90s onwards is yeah, like stuff with Alison nice. Krauss, like kind of Gorgeous. the uh, was it was it um kind of fucking I've just forgot what stuff called. Is it band of band of something or other? They, uh, they've covered two low songs. Oh, have they? Yeah, two two really good low songs. Any loud ones? No. Okay. Uh, Utah Saints released their self-titled Utah Saints LP. Only got to number ten, so we don't have to do it. But. I kind of wish that we had to do that instead of two unlimited next time. I mean, we could. Yeah, <laughs> just pretend. We just do it. You just tell people, no, this yeah. is two unlimited. Yeah. Yeah, like literally just do the just full on trumpet. <laughs> just like full on, you know, like just deny the truth. Yeah. Like, uh, um, Red House Painters released their self titled album. Only got number sixty three, but I remember reading a lot about Red House Painters. It was 
that was too grown up indie for me that's, at the time. That, I mean, yeah, that seems like a, it was like a Q magazine. Exactly. Band. Uh, one that I thought I'd mention because we had a little bit of. Uh, I think a Twitter conversation about it. Dodgy released the Dodgy album, got to number 75. And uh, it was Stephen Hill from the Riot Act podcast. Yeah, uh, shout out, Stephen. Indeed. He chimed in with his dislike of Dodgy. Uh, good, good. <laughs> and, but then, uh, and a story about what an utter cretin the man from Dodgy is. It was, I think it was the drummer. Yeah, it, yeah. Cunt. Uh, but then we also had uh, Nick from Temporary Fandoms ship mm-hmm. in, almost apologetically going, is it a bad thing if I actually quite like some of their songs? And yes, the thing yes, is, Nick, Nick, it is. I think they got some good singles. I do. Well, but, yeah, I, I, this album, couldn't fucking tell you. The dodgy album, not a clue. Tell you who else has got some good singles. Gary Glitter. <laughs> yeah, he really does. He really fucking Absolutely does, right? Does. Fucking still cunt. Um, anyway. Halloween released Chameleon. I mean, uh, which I, I'm, I, I've i never heard it, but I know but exactly what it sounds exactly. like. Exactly. And Belle Biv DeVoe released Hootie Mac. Yeah, which was not a great record. Is it not? Oh, really? Yeah. No. Like, uh, one of those ones... Two good singles, the rest. Bullshit. I mean, might even only be <laughs> one. one good single. Right, fair enough. But the, I suppose it fits in that it was released in 93 and that was, you know, mm-hmm. the big time for, for that sort of stuff. That's all I have, though, for the album. So that's all I've got. Fair enough. Right, well, that doesn't present a big problem because we have got a monster. Yeah, indeed. So, yeah, we'll get back into uh, Janet period. A... Okay, so track 11 is called What I'll Do. This one is uh, this is unusual because there is no intro track to this one. All right, you know, just straight in. Okay. What will I do? So this is unusual because we've just gone from the two most experimental tracks on the album and this is the most straight ahead thing so far. Sure. Yeah. Uh, does this not sound... Does this remind, have the same reference point for you that it does for me? I mean, it reminds me of stuff like Lenny Kravitz. This reminds me very specifically of um, All I Want to Do by Cheryl Coe. Oh, okay. Is have some fun. Yep, yep. I can see that. I absolutely hear that. Uh, This is a cover version. This is like the only cover version on the album. Um, And it is a very, very straight ahead cover version. I'll just play the original actually in a second. Um, Because, yeah, this this is what this does. This is what this song is. And I think this is actually dead nice. I, th- I really like this. is a summery vibe. Uh, it's uh, kind of a 60s soul, 60s pop yep. soul. I think it's really catchy. And, you know, in Janet Jackson's favour, I never would have known the song had she not put it on here yep. because it's by a guy called Johnny Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was produced. Oh, it was called written by Steve Cropper of Booker T. Dragon. That's like a reference to banging till noon. <laughs> Johnny Day. Oh, is it Johnny Day? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Put this on for me. It's uh, Johnny Day. Wait, this is the original. So you're like, okay, oh, okay. I, so what she said was she was listening through a load of stacks. It was like this nine album set came out, and she was listening through and loving it, and she decided she wanted to cover this. And it's it's a very straight ahead cover, but I never would have heard this if yeah. you know she hadn't done it. And it's fine. absolutely fine. It's I mean, exactly. It's again, it's a little bit of range. It's uh, it's probably the nicest vocal on the album so it's very far. Very pleasant, really is. Uh, you know, it's a you know it's a jazz funk standard almost. It's, well, it's a funk standard with an element more jazz in it, just it's, by virtue of her voice. It's so. very pop. It's very very shiny. Um, and it was released as one half of double A side as the last, the seventh. Single, uh, which didn't come out till like March '95, which is two years after the album release. So they're still stretching yeah. out the thing. So sure, I, I don't fine. find it anywhere near as interesting as some of the other stuff, and I'm not 
sure I would have included it. I see. It sounds very different. Yeah. It, it does sound like it's just been dropped into the middle of the album. It's, it sounds like a B-side. I can see why she wanted to do it, because she just really enjoyed it. But yeah, stick it at the end, one yeah. of those ones, because it it's a strange hmm. flow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll, you know, um, much like the Janet, period. Way. No. Uh, okay, <laughs> 13 is called Funky Big Band. So we're cutting up samples. Mm-hmm. Taking its fucking time is what it's doing. Mm-hmm. It's a five and a half minute song, and we're now 35 seconds in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're fucking around with another another horn. Yeah, this is the jazz sample. And then there's the R&B beat. Yeah, for the track. Yeah, now, there's a vocal. So she, okay. she, she's like, she's up a half step here, isn't she? She's in a slight higher register. Oh, right, I hadn't even right. noticed, but yeah, maybe. And there's just something about this vocal that just sounds off to me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know what it is, man. There's something about this track, right? There's, yeah. I, mean, I, 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 was, I was trying to put it into words, probably, and it's somewhere between uh, that beat, the sample, and the vocal, and the way that they interact with each other. Mm-hmm. It's just got this odd atonalness that comes through and just... It, jars my ear it doesn't oh, sound good right. and like there's other tracks on this album that do a similar thing but this one I, I really don't like it I see I, well, I don't like it I I don't actively dislike it, I don't think but I think this is utter wallpaper this yeah. is so bland this, this, is, yeah, this isn't a, this isn't a good track but there, there is something beyond that that I actually you, like kind it, really of, it just catches me and it makes me feel like I just, okay uh, it's a little bit nails down a fingerboard. There's a, obviously it, it does this for quite a while. Then it does this weird uh, jazz scatty breakdown, yeah. uh, and it's basically it feels like all of the shit I don't like in an episode of Jules Holland. Oh, okay. You know I mean? Condensed kind of, into one. Yeah. A, little, a, a right. bit of fucking like wiggly wobbly kind mm. of uh, honky tonk piano. It's just like uh, no thanks. Right. Plinky but, plonky. Uh, yeah, this is a strange one on me. I think that. I probably understand why she's done it because it's, it's almost specifically about this club in New York mm-hmm. that she would have gone to and uh, all the greats had played there so she's paying homage and all that sort of stuff <laughs> but this is just so dull it's boring as so fuck so dull no hook there's no there's not a tune did, did, yeah, the, did, that, that bit that got to be real is presumably what she thought was the chorus it's like, yeah. it's nothing mate no. no leave that I cannot pick a tune out of this Nah, throw away bland crap. No, 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 no. Right, fine. Track 14 and 15. 14 is called Racism. Now, I just want to point out, this is an eight-second track. Eight seconds. You know, I know I'm not probably the best person to place to have an opinion. I'm sure mm-hmm. Janet Jackson is much better placed to have an opinion on racism than I am. Mm-hmm. All I'm going to say is eight seconds, probably not enough time to do the subject justice. Right. Do you know, I mean, the fact it remains means she didn't solve it with that eight seconds. God, anyway, damn uh, you, Janet. But 15 is called New Agenda. And... Nice surprise for me here. Yeah. Like, like some words that make me pay attention in 1993, mm-hmm. featuring Chuck D. Oh, mate, yeah. And yeah. I, I, I somehow was unaware this had happened. Oh, no clue. No clue. And here he comes. 
So we've got a boom. We've got a big boom bat that's behind Chuck. Yep. It's, like, it's almost like you've got two competing themes here. Yep. They've got Janet's theme and they've got his. His is a more kind of almost bomb squaddy kind of yes. abrupt kind yes, of. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Um, and then you've got Janet with the kind of the lighter kind of like soul kind of beat, right? Sure. And, they're, and they're obviously trying to juxtapose the two, right? Yeah. And then but also blend the two. Yeah, well, Jam and Lewis have said that they were big fans of Public Enemy, so really wanted to work with Chuck. Yeah. But they couldn't, you know, go too far down the, the Bomb Squad, for example, route, because then it wouldn't sound like a Janet Jackson song. So they are. They're, they're trying to find a middle ground or just slap the two together. But here, like, the, it, it feels like a badly mixed track at this point. It feels like the, the beats yeah. are kind of... It's, it's all, really all, all over the place. It's so jarring. Yeah. And this is the thing, right? I saw featuring Chuck D. I heard him come in, and he's, he sounds all fired yeah. up. And that's the fucking Chuck I want to yeah. hear. You know, do you remember when featuring Chuck D or new track by Public Enemy yeah. got you really excited? Oh, mate, I do. Amazing. You know, even 93 was pushing it mm-hmm. because th- th- their best albums were behind them at that point. But you were still going, oh, wicked. Can't wait to hear this. Yeah. And I was a, a little bit excited. And I think this is a big letdown. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think whenever tr- tr- uh, Chuck's on the track and it's isolated, it sounds great. Yeah. His flow is really good on mm-hmm. this. Uh, and because it takes maybe some of the the smoother keys out when it's just mm-hmm. him and just has the beat and that horn sample that you can hear, it's much more like, oh, this is like a solo yeah. Chuck thing. Fine. But overall, that, it, again, that feels airlifted into a different song. Yeah, it, it, sounds like, it sounds like two songs being played at the same time. Sure. Uh, and, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's still, it's still better than 90% of PE's post-1993 yeah. output, but it's, it's a wasted opportunity for sure. It honestly is. The song, I think, is very dull. Um, I, I don't understand why it's got some sleigh bells in it as well. It's got this jingle, jingle sleigh bells. Mm. And it's got, like, this bland gospel backing of singers in, the, in there. Yeah. And, and uh, mate, yeah. of course, it's a, the message is brilliant, and I'm glad that it was uh, hopefully heard by a lot of people, and it was a big deal because it's talking about 1993. So it's still it's it's not the dark ages, but it's not in any way enlightened at that mm. point. It's about a message of empowerment for women, and especially black women. So yes, it needs to be said, and yes, I would I love the fact that Chuck D is lending himself to it as well and and amping it up. But I think it's a missed opportunity because it's a really I think it's a bad song overall with good intentions, but you can't coast on good intentions. Right, so, okay, so 17 is called Love Part 2, which is a reprieve of uh, That's the Way Love Goes. Yeah. And in track 18 is Because of Love. Okay. So this obviously feels lighter, poppier. Sure, yeah. It's, and I'll tell you what it does sound like. Yeah. Keep It in the Closet by Michael Jackson. Oh, was that on Dangerous? That one on yeah. Dangerous? Right. Okay. The vocal melody in particular has got yeah. kind of elements of that to it. So this is kind of the closest to what Michael's doing, and I say right, that okay. with a caveat with that mention. Sure. Fingering any kids. But um, it's, it's a very simple song. This is a it, simple yeah. pop song, Again, 90s beat. The number one criticism I would level at this, and I thought I'm... I'm not sure whether I'm levelling it maybe at Janet or maybe I'm levelling it at the producers. Yeah. But it lacks a hook it, a little it bit. It honestly does. Yeah. It's, I think it's, again, it, wallpaper. It's a bit bland. It's a beat and a singer. But, yeah, there's no hook at all. Um, it annoys me because it's, they prove they can do it. 
this was the fourth single, you know, this they actually thought this might be a chart hit. Yeah, I, I mean, only got to 19, but what, what, there's there's nothing to this. Uh, apparently, this was the first of Janet Jackson's singles since 1987 not to go top five in the States. Uh, so maybe that says something about it just being a bit background. But I think this is absolute filler. This is an album filler. This is not a single. I don't know why. This could also be any, like you said before, this could be any below-the-parapet D-list yeah. act singing this. I mean, I, like, again, I can, I can see this being the second track on the end credits on a on a film like House Party. Fine, totally fine. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the big the big kind of upfront jam where everyone's having fun yeah. comes on, but the credits are a little bit longer than that song. No, so stick it on. This one. Totally fine. But no, I don't get this. I do not get it. It's a shame because we seem to have tailed off in the past couple of songs from a really cer- strong start. We certainly album. have. We really have. We're, yeah. I was at this point going, oh, is the album very front-loaded or is it just a dip in the middle? Because this is a dip in the middle for me. So, yeah, I, I'm, yeah I'm not impressed with that one at all. No, I, I don't like that one no. at all. So, track 18 is called Wind, which is uh, part of a series of them uh, that are basically around things that are happening ambiently. I know. Uh, and 19 is called Again. Right. I literally thought you were playing uh, Things Can Only Get Better by D. Ream for a second there. Oh, because I... There's, this sounds very much like something to me. Right. And I had a note... It's like a cross between the farms all together now yeah, yeah. and Brian Adams' Everything I Do. Yeah. Yeah. So, look, this is... I say, this is this is the number one. This is a piano-led ballad. Yeah, big ballad. Yeah. It's every kind of cheese you can imagine. Isn't it? It's, it's a cheese music. This that, that little rising bit yeah. there. That's musical theatre straight oh, up. Oh, 100%. I've yeah. got this is a West End song. Isn't it? Uh, not going to lie to you. Works on every yeah. level for me. It's all the right notes. <laughs> every, <laughs> every bit. I'm, right. just, I'm, just, I'm just sat there. I'm just sat there, like, kind of covered in tattoos. <laughs> graphic exterior. Uh-huh. Kind of thinking, like, looking, at, looking at all my playlists of metal songs down the side. Yeah. And just going... Oh, I fucking love this. This is good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think overall it's just a good uh, ballady song. Oh, yeah, that was a piccolo. I know. What the <laughs> fuck? They are throwing everything at it. Um, but yeah, I think there's bits of this that are glorious. Oh, of course yeah. that is. Yeah. And it is it, pure cheese, like you say. It was written for uh, Poetic Justice, the film that she was yeah. in. Um, and so they needed a ballad to go with whatever fit the scene that we needed. Uh, doing it with someone died her, her boyfriend died or some shit there's some bits in this as well the little bits in her vocal performance that really 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 remind me of uh, Mary Magdalene's uh, Magdalene's uh, in a um, oh and Jesus Christ yeah, Superstar I don't know how to love him right like, oh yes yeah like the okay. original I think uh, the original cast performance I can't remember who sang uh, it maybe Yvonne Elliman maybe I think it might be but there's a couple of little inflections on it I'm like yeah you're channeling okay. that Right. Yeah. No, I think this is, is really good. This was the third single. So you can see after uh, That's the Way Love Goes and then If, this was showing a very different side. Sure. And it was also released in November 93, so it was almost Christmassy, you know. Yeah. Stick the ballad out for the big charts. But I think it works really well. You know, let's, let's not forget as well, you know, Like a Prayer had Dear Jesse on it. Yeah. Yeah, there you are. That's it. Um, this... To me, it rips off a lot of other stuff that I can't quite place, or maybe it just sounds like every musical yeah. number that you, you do remember. But I think, like you say, it hits all the right notes at the right points. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the thing to discuss here, and maybe the wrap-up is the time to discuss it, mm. but in this point in the 90s, when you're a big pop artist, yeah. 
it's not necessarily, you know, right now, if you're releasing an album as an artist, Adele's all over the charts at the mm-hmm. moment, talk, going on about, you know, the, the concept of her album, the fact it needs to be listened to in sequence, yeah. that it's an entire piece of work. Yeah. I've not heard it. I probably won't hear it. I've no idea why. I'm not really. I, I, I like pop Doesn't songs. Matter. Nothing. It's, yeah. it's just not really wrong. I'm, I'm never going to fully find myself down that, yeah. that rabbit hole. But not all albums, you know, not the, the way we think about albums now is that's kind of what they are. An album is right, stuff. Right, sure. But really an album in the, this time of night is it's it's a singles delivery a collection unit. of it's, yeah we just collect stuff together right with, sure you know a, you know a photo album is that i guess yeah, you know fine. A stick around nothing wrong with it but sometimes it's jarring like we've said many times on this sometimes mm. you track an album and you're like oh yeah what really but for a pop album yeah you go oh these are all the singles we need to put them into one but place yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that i guess on in the wrap-up right, but sure. yeah i mean look man uh whether this fits on this record or not is a is a very different conversation. Mm-hmm. Whether I like this song as a track, yeah, uh, is is indisputable. No, I, it's, that it's, gave me a big fucking beam in smile. Right, sure. Uh, it was nominated for an Oscar for best original song as well. But uh, Streets of Philadelphia was that same year, and so yeah. that that swept the board. But yeah, it's, 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 I don't think I've ever seen the film Poetic Justice. No, I mean this is coming from absolutely no knowledge at all. But I bet it's shit. I bet it is as well. Because yeah. if it is. wasn't, surely we would have seen it. That's kind of how I feel. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, right. So that's that's like the tenth song. Anyway. So okay, let's take a break. Uh huh. Um, Do the singles. Yes, indeed. Right. So the week again, uh, the first week that Janet was number one, May the twenty third, nineteen ninety three. Top 10 singles. Number 10, R.E.M. Everybody Hurts, which we've obviously seen quite a few times. Uh, Number 9 is Bon Jovi's In These Arms. So we did the full album on that. Uh, Number 8, no prizes for how quick you're going to get this one. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Uh, fair enough. I'm not even going to answer it. No, indeed. Um, Do you remember what the... It it might have been a double A side. Do you remember what the the other side was? Uh... Because the 12-inch I have is this version. And it's got this and Top of the Morning oh, top on the, of the Top of the Morning top of the to morning. you. Yeah, exactly. Top of the Morning to you. Irish. Yeah, but we did discuss this in a previous episode when this album came out, didn't yeah. we? About this not hitting the charts and where was this track in the charts. Here's where it came out. Yes, no, and this must have been a re-release where it got 100%. actual top 10 because, yeah. yeah, it was bigger before that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number seven uh, is Tina Turner, I Don't Want to Fight. Which I'm assuming she said quite a lot Fuck in her marriage. Me, oh, you know. Uh, number six is Janet Jackson. That's the way it will have goes. Still in the charts. Mm-hmm. Number five, two unlimited tribal dance, which I'm sure is brilliant. We'll have to find out. I can't wait. Number four, George Michael and Queen with the five live EP. Number mm-hmm. three, Inner Circle Sweat. A la 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 long. I, I've got a load of Inner Circle Sweat at the minute. I'm sitting close to this heater. <laughs> number two, and this is the first time we've seen this one, and it's fucking dreadful. Oh, God almighty. Yeah, you remember this coming out? Um, No, I don't think I do. Do you know? Oh, really? Wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait, yeah, I mean, wait till the terrible beat comes in. Oh, my God. So, yeah, it's obviously a cover of the the, uh, Elvis, I Can't Help Falling In Love With You. The fuck is this? I think this is one of the albums that went to number one, but we didn't have to do it because it was covers and re-releases or something the best of I feel like I've struck this from my mind 
Oh my god, it's UB40. It's UB40. Oh my god. Jesus Christ. I don't remember this and oh, I, I, do. and I fucking hate you for making me hear it now. <laughs> it's so bad. Listen to it. 1990s UB40 is by default terrible, but that's particularly bad. A DVD of course. Running. <laughs> So shit. Uh, number two. What the fuck? British what public. What is wrong with Evil Honest Man? Honest to God. Uh, number one is Ace of Base with All That She Wants, which we have seen yeah. already. Okay. Other tracks. So we've got two weeks to look at for other singles. You're absolutely not going to know this. We're going to play a little bit anyway. Um, got to number 23. Uh, St. Etienne, who do you think you are? Fucking, I, I'll tell you who she thinks she is. Wigfield. <laughs> Um, it's, it, it's, it, I think this is a really good tune, but it was towards the bit of Sonetti and where I was like, oh, right, you just decided to go full on pop because they were really kind of interesting and different in 1991. But then everything from here on in is right, oh, you just gone pure uh, chart pop. This isn't good. I think this is all right. This I think it's a good, decent uh, tune. It sounds like Wigfield with all the fun rock fucked out of it. Oh, we, I hate that Wigfield song so oh, much. I do as well, so but at least much. it's fun. That's just dull. Uh, Guns N' Roses released the Civil War EP. Okay. Got to number 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suede released So Young, which we did the album on, obviously. Got to number 22. Mm-hmm. This one, I really like this one coming out. Uh, I still like this today. This was like the third single after two really quite big hits. And this didn't catch on in the, the way that the first two did, mm, but uh, I think it's probably the best of the three. Oh, this is a Curiosity to Kill the Cow. Like, no, what is it? No, Curiosity would be much earlier, wouldn't it? Yeah. What is it? This is it is Stereo like, MCs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Stereo MCs, exactly. It's Track. creation. Uh, do you know what? I, I've always thought there's a weird connection between Curiosity to Kill the Cat and the Stereo MCs. Oh. The two always... I don't know why I, 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 Well, I don't think there is. No. But this, I just think the two are some kind of reminiscent oh, of each other. How bizarre. I don't know what you've done in your past to conflate those two. I don't know Weird. But I think it's, I think it's really I good I think it's fuck both the front, then. Oh, that could be I it. Haven't. Could be. Uh, yeah, so that's Stereo MCs creation got to number 19. Stereo MCs. Stereo MCs. Uh, oh, the, right. Uh, let's see if you get this. I wouldn't have got this, but you might. Got to number 26. I've got a feeling I've heard about. this. It's not Alice Cooper, is it? No. Um, I, I reckon you will definitely have heard it. Oh. Because it's, it's one of the big bands. Oh, I know this not Megadeth. Yes, it is. Wait, it's Megadeth. It's Megadeth. Uh, what's the track called? Sweating Bullets. Oh, it's fucking... I'd, I'd have got Do you know that song? Oh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, so get I, this, I'll get this when it kicks in. I don't even oh, know yeah. the title of Sweating Bullets. Hang on. Here we go. Hello, me. Uh, me, meet the real me. Oh, yeah, I, I see. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just forgot it started that's like that. Pr- that's fucking yeah. Beavis and Butthead there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is bizarre. Ah, oh, Megadeth. What fun. I, I, I actually... I actually really like that song as well, but cool. I, have, I haven't heard the album for In. fucking 10, 15 years. And I just Fair play. And I, I just remember that other bit. Fair play. Uh, this one only got to number 53, but I think I think you'll get it. Um, 
it was like a double A side single, I think. I'm going to play the B side, which I think is the better track. Remember who did this? Obviously know the track. But this is the this is it's called typical American. Yeah. Uh, the the other side is called Adia. 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 I can't remember who it is. It's fucking like Sadat X or something, but it's not. Hang on. Oh, it's funny. It sounds like black sheep. No, but it's not. Who is it? The goats. The goats. Fuck off. Of course it is. Of course it's, like of course it's goats. the goats. Oh, I love that track. Typical American. Uh, I really enjoyed that that coming out and that album. Um, is that, that's on Tricks of the Shade. It is Tricks of the Shade. Yeah, that's so, why I don't know it well because I can't because you can't get that record. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, fair I never play. had it. It is. It's a great album. Really, really good. One of the few albums that I will allow you to have little skits and interludes in between their songs. I, I, you know. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm fucking annoyed I didn't get that. I'm, yeah. really, I'm, <laughs> at, I'm actually angry I didn't get that. <laughs> look, can you see me? Look, look. Yeah. No, no mate, you were struck because you knew the song. That's annoying. Um, also, right, in this bit, uh, Chesney Hawks released What's Wrong With This Picture? And I'm going to suggest his big mole. That would probably yeah, be the that, one. That would have probably done yeah. it. Monster Magnet released Twin Earth. Nice. Uh, which we obviously we covered in our special when we did that album. Is. Slow Dive released the Outside Your Room EP. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Slow Dive were another one of those bands that were around at the time that I was listening to indie and should have been into and wasn't for some reason. I liked them. I liked what I heard, but I never, ever sought out more. See, like Slow Dive on that kind of the, on that edge of shoegaze and mm-hmm. kind of post-rock where it's like, ah, oh, they might be in my wheelhouse. I've, what I've heard, I've never really I, I think it's loved. okay. I think it's nice, but yeah. This one got to number 12. This has to be on the Jan Jackson album. It does, actually. It really does, yeah. Oh, fuck off, Jamiroquai. Oh, there you go. Of course it's Jamiroquai. Return Space Cowboy. Uh, no, it's Blow Your Mind. Well, it's all the same. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did it? We're going to have to do this album at some point. We are. We are going to have to dive into every single song I'm, on it. Uh, we might have a guest star, I wonder. We'll but, see. Um, we'll see, we'll see yeah. if, he, if he's up for it. Uh, but that got to number 12. So, you know, by this point, Jamiroquai is doing decent business. Uh, this one, though, only got to number 33. Yes, that's the chain. Sorry, oh, right. So I, I, it didn't occur to me that, that I wouldn't know this. Oh, I see. Alice it's angry, angry, angry chair, chair bells and chains. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, yeah. I, was, I, I, I knew that immediately. Oh, I see. You're right. I was going, I was just, I was, I was just, I was just yeah. enjoying it. Fair enough. Uh, so that, yeah, got to number 33, which I, I guess is probably, probably even a little bit better than I expect for an Alice Chain single in 93 in the UK. The thing is, by the, uh, it would have probably done better, because I think at the end, Actually, I can't remember if it was the end of 92 or the end of 93 that it picked up all of the like the metal oh, press awards. Oh, right, okay. But again, you know, metal was always a an album's genre, not a singles genre. Fair play. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. One that only got to number 48, and I can only assume this is the actual follow-up to the massive hit, but Snow released Girl I've Been Hurt, yeah. which didn't even make top 40. Of course it didn't. 
because it's not informal. No, you know? I don't think I've I don't think I've ever heard another Snow song. Maybe one day I'll sit and listen to the album. I'm sure we said at the time that there was some statistic about it being a proper one-hit wonder because it was top forty on that single, never hit top forty again, and maybe even maybe never had a top forty album again. I tell you what, I'm going to do. Right, let's go on Spotify yeah. and let's have a look at the plays. Okay, here we go. Twelve inches of snow, 1993. So, Informer has. 81 million plays. Mm-hmm. Um, what did I say that one was called? Girl I've Been Hurt. Yeah. Oh, well, it's, it's actually got a million for some reason. Well, that, which is more than I thought it was going to have. Well, I mean, as we get to I, I, would, I would imagine that is mainly mistakes. by Canadians. <laughs> yeah, or true. Friends of Snow. Um, yeah, as we get down to the bottom of this album, you're down to like 100,000. Yeah, that makes sense. I agree. I don't think I've ever heard it either, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one I've got. Here is one I suspect you definitely will know. Yeah, this is, um, uh, I know what this is. Hang on a second. Got to number 53. Yeah, um, it's a, no, it's not James Dixon. It's a Paul Knife Pirates Pet. Yeah, Pet. Yes, it is. Nice one. I wouldn't have got that from the intro at all, from that, that one intro. When it gets into this bit, I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. But yeah, Pets by Porner for Pyros. Um, was, was this the first single they released, Porner for Pyros? I think so. Yeah, I think it was. I right. love this song as well. Oh, do you? Beautiful song, yeah. I think it's nice, but it was just so different to the Jane stuff I had heard that I wasn't sure if this was going to be a band for me. Yeah. But yeah, okay, so there you go. That's your singles. A good few in the, you know, the, the also-released section, but nothing in the top ten. Nah. Nah, fine. Right, well, let's crack on Finish with the off. back arse end of this album. Right. Tracks 20 and 21, which is where we are now. So we're back into the intro-outro kind of yep. standard. Uh, Another Love is 20. 21 is Where Are You Now? This was apparently mooted as a possible eighth single off the album. And here. Carry me slowly Oh, okay. Jordan. Oh, because I have in my notes This really reminds me of a Michael Jackson song But yeah. I can't think which one it is it's That one Okay Right Right mm. So another ballad Another one Again I mean I've got very few notes on this one This one is pleasant enough mm-hmm. But it never really feels like it gets going No I think this is a bit of shit yeah. If I'm honest I think they've again Forgotten to include a tune on yeah, this Yeah this one feels found in that, yeah, it, there, there's a little bit at the end of the chorus, a, a kind of descending note motif that they do, which is nice, but that's three seconds, and the rest of the song is this, Yeah, you know? Um, I couldn't possibly sing you this song after hearing it. Immediately after hearing no. it, I couldn't tell you what it sounds like. There's just nothing but to I can, it. What I can sing you is the much better Michael Jackson right, sure, song. Yeah, it sounds like that, yeah. 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 Um, I, I can absolutely understand why they didn't release this as a single. Yeah, no, this there's is nothing to it. There's nothing to it. Let's, nothing. let's not waste any more Fine, time. Yeah. We've got 28 fucking tracks. Yeah, here. true. Track 22 is called uh, Hold On Baby, and yeah. 23 is called The Body That Loves You. Ooh, there's a bass sound. Yeah, that's a really unpleasant sound. So we're back into another ballad, bright and light. So they've obviously kind of front-loaded the the heavier tracks, and then mm-hmm. this seems like a conscious decision. They've gone lighter at the back end of the album. Yes, yeah. Look, there's a prettiness to it, but ultimately, I'm gonna have to say, a bit insipid. 
quite uninspiring. Oh, I think this is awful. I yeah. think this is actually dreadful. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, uh, I don't. It doesn't offend me, but I don't want right. to listen to it. At fifty, at five minutes thirty-three, oh. it's it's criminally long, insanely yeah. long. And well, and especially since about forty seconds of that is this awful spoken word thing where Janet's like talking to her friends and this yeah. sort of thing about the, her holiday. Oh, it's fucking dreadful. Hard pass for me. I, I mean, t- for me, this is the worst thing on here so far. Um, I really, really don't like it. I mean, I, I, I dislike that other track more, but um, yeah. I find it difficult to get offended by this because it's so bland. No, you're right. It it's, is. It's, it's like getting offended by tap water. It's a wine, wine, Sade wine bar music background. But not even that because fucking Sade's got oh, some bangers. Bangers, totally. But yeah, and this is a mistake. I don't understand what they're doing. Okay, so 24 is called Rain. It's the other ambient weather Which is just track. a sign of rain. Some rain. Good. Uh, and then 25, Anytime, Anyplace. And this was the fifth single. Uh, got yeah. number 13 in the UK. So, okay, another slow jam. Yeah, which is, like you, I was wondering whether or not uh, it was a deliberate thing. Okay. And now I'm thinking, yeah, it must be. So, look, this one's kind of got a jazzier feel to it. This is more of your kind mm-hmm. of, you've got these kind of jazzy hits. You've got a more, I guess, histrionic vocal. Yeah, ish. Ish. More, more than the last two, yes. I mean, look, it's definitely got that laid back cool to it right. right but it's not really my cup of tea at all no I think it's crap as well um, I mean, it's another slow jam the thing that differentiates this from the last couple is she's upping the filth factor again mm-hmm. she's chucking a bit more muckiness in um, because this is about it's called Anytime Place, and it's basically about her wanting to bang at the drop of a hat no matter yeah. who's around who can see yeah. And so it really is just, I want to do this right now. Mm-hmm. Don't care if those people over there are watching. Don't don't care about the, the legal consequences or the moral uh, thing I have not to be doing this in public. I want to have sex with you right now. And, uh, and, and, what, and what you've just done is ruined any mistake this song could have had by explaining it in very simple terms <laughs> in a Northern Irish <laughs> accent. <laughs> yeah, it's like to hell with any of the repercussions of my actions. I, I do wonder if there's a certain list. To, like I reckon, it, and it'd be like less than a tenth of one percent mm. of people that listen to this podcast purely because they get off on you explaining <laughs> things. <laughs> But look, man. No one's asked me to do any uh, like, was it ASMR vid- uh, videos no, exactly. anyway? But look, I'll, I'll give it, I'll, I'll give it some credence over the last two because there are oh, yeah. there are some choices in here, uh, and it's you know, and I like the vocal performance a little bit more, but okay. I don't, I don't like the track. No. I mean, and it fuck me, it drags. Ridiculous. I mean, this is. Seven minutes, again, seven yeah. minute long song. It, and if song was a horse, they'd have shot it around four minutes 30. Totally. And, th- and it, this annoys me particularly that it's a seven minute long song, or just over, and it, uh, six minutes 30, the song is done, mm-hmm. and then they put on some more rain sound effects for 40 seconds. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you've made an entire album where you could have put that in an interlude. Why are you making me listen to this now? Why are you yeah. putting this at the end of a song? Exactly. Absolute fucking nonsense. Okay. But yeah, so it's, it's, it is. It's about her going to hell with any moral obligations I might have. I'm just going to bang in the outdoors. Don't care. And uh, on a totally unrelated note, there is an R. Kelly remix of this. Well. Yes, indeed. Uh, well now. Uh, and uh, so are we sure it's the sound of rain? <laughs> Piss. <laughs> 
<laughs> smells like R. Kelly's shakes. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to laugh. But well, just to be clear, we're not making light of any of the fucking shit that that disgusting. Oh no, come on, no, I've did, said, no. Christ Almighty! If you don't laugh, you'll cry. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. Um. Oh, what a horrible man. Anyway. Um. All so, right. okay, we are near the end, though. We are. So, twenty six is called "Are You Still Up?" Now, this is this is the midway. It's like it's mm. a minute thirty six, and it's a kind of a soundtracky instrumental track. Mm. Um, but, but it's still not a song. But it's not a song. Yeah. I, I, I've got nothing to say. No, no, no. We, we're, right. we're ignoring that. So then we get uh, 27, which is Sweet Dreams, which is another one of those interludes. Yeah. And then tacked on track 28 at the end of... So we're about... I mean, how long is that? It's about four minutes 50, this song? Uh, it's, it's five minutes. Okay, so we are literally at uh, an hour and 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then we get track 28, whoops now. Okay, light and bright keys. Yep. It's got a bit of a 60s feel to it. Yeah, definitely. And this was originally a hidden track at the end. This was, right. was an uncredited one. Okay. okay. And this was the other one on the double A side. Mm-hmm. It, this bit reminds me of Chain Reaction. Okay. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see no. what you're saying. But this for me, I, I think this is a straight up fucking banger. Oh I, right, yeah. I, I love, I love this song. Ah, okay. Uh, uh, we got a disagreement. I feel coming. Oh no, no, I don't, I don't hate it at all. I think it's nice. I, I think I it's know, nice. No, I, I, I didn't I, think you'd be into it whatsoever. Oh no, absolutely love this. This to me, I describe this as the Shoop Shoop song. It's all right to like. Oh, okay. This is just a light, bright kind really of catchy. airy. It's like, ah, oh, yeah. This is a sum. This is a song I'm going to put in a summer compilation. Right. Like, um, it just feels like, ah, oh, yeah, man. Life is good. I'm hanging out with my mates. It's, yeah. You know, I know. I, I mean, that's bang on the nose it's exactly what the lyrics are very much but I, I, I love that feeling oh, yeah, and it's an absolute kind of Motown tribute and like I say it reminds me of uh, Diana Ross Chain Reaction and I wondered if that was almost deliberate because they had sampled two Supremes tracks mm-hmm. in like the first couple of songs and this was like a little nod to Diana Ross again I don't know certainly well it's you know but perhaps <laughs> but it's definitely a Motown feel to it yeah and, and you know if anyone's got a, you know if any contemporary artist has got a claim on that heritage it's anyone that's associated with the Jack Absolutely, yeah, totally. Um, I mean, so chain reaction. I was just think, when I was thinking about it, it's easily in my my head one of the best BG songs that they didn't release themselves. Yeah, hundred percent. Along with uh, "Women in Love," "Barbra Streisand," mm-hmm. and "Islands in the Stream." Yeah, so they they wrote some fucking classic tunes. Oh, and they hundred percent did. Yeah. People that's you know it was very very fashionable to slag the BGs off for yeah. a long time, but. Yeah. You know, people need to check themselves before they do, really. Quite. Not that I have never taken the piss out of the Bee Gees. Oh, no. The, and, but the thing is, they bring it on themselves a lot of the time just as people because mm-hmm. they seem like probable twats. Yeah. But fucking wicked songs. I also think this sounds a little bit like an S Club 7 track. Uh, yeah, I don't... It's, I, it's, one of those very, it's very pop. It's very kind of kiddie-friendly mm-hmm. pop, but it's catchy as all hell. And this is the thing, but it's but the the how cheesy this could have been is tempered by the vocal delivery. Right, okay. And I think that is a big part of it because it's a very cool vocal delivery right okay in a song that isn't necessarily that cool it's a bit naff yeah mm. but I you know you certainly I can caveat and say this is possibly a little bit naff but it's a really oh, good song yeah no I'm, I'm saying that but that is a criticism yes but 
I like a load of laugh songs. But you know? uh, look, but what I am very glad about is that it's here as a palate cleanser at the end of the album. I see. Right. Because I wouldn't have liked my last thing that I said about this album to be, oh, this is just another shit song. Another ballad. Yeah. yeah crap. Because yeah. this is. I mean, like, let's let's. Ra- I mean, let's let's. Uh, before we wrap up the mm-hmm. album, let's let's go to the. Oh, let's to go the to Twitters. Twitter. There's not much this time around. I, I suppose. I don't know for sure, but I would imagine that a lot of the people who listen to this podcast aren't as big pop fans as they are, you know, guitar stuff and that sort of thing. So they're more like us. But uh, there was a couple of people came through. Oh, Oh, and also, actually, we should start by saying Martin Young sent us another really good email. Yes, uh, indeed. Because he's a huge fan of this album, thinks it's one of the best pop albums of the 90s, You you say a few people came through, two people came through. Our friend Mike Latrail. Oh, yeah. The the one my housemate uh, used to sing, Whoops, Now I Shit Myself. It's an okay (laughs) album and certainly better than some of the year bleeders you've had recently. Thanks. Yeah, Uh, absolutely right. And then Martin Young. Well, I mean, do you want to sum up? Do you, do you want to go I mean, to the email? Yeah, he was essentially. This is, he emailed us before I even started looking into this album or listening to it, and he was saying he thinks it's brilliant because, uh, in the same way that Madonna would do the, the same sort of thing, that uh, this was a change and a step forward and an yeah. evolution for Janet Jackson, but it was actually filled with really good songs. He likes the production on it. He loves that early '90s sound. Mm. So he was a big fan of the tunes and the content and the kind of the ideology and the, yeah. the the whole package he loved, which a lot of the reviews I read, you know, looking back on either reviews at the time or sort of retrospective reviews, yeah. were going, yeah, this was just such a big leap forward for Janet Jackson, getting out of her old image, yeah. uh, pushing the boat out, trying new things, and it was a, a genuine uh, surprise to a lot of people, but in a very, very good way. 100%. And, you know, there are there are certainly things that you can look back on and you can go, okay, this is an enormous pop album mm-hmm. with very much with R&B and hip-hop at the soul of it, yeah, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's very difficult to look back and kind of remember a time that that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the case at this time, you know? Like, you know, even like New Kids on the Block, which has got influences in there, sure. which were, you know, massive pop. An artist on this scale putting out a essentially hip-hop record... Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I, I get it. it's not essentially a hip hop record, but it's no, no, but it's the seeds of what that would grow into. Yeah, uh, and it was people from you know, those communities embracing that sound coming through, and it becoming a, 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 like kind of I guess you could some people would argue diluted and watered down well, for well, um, consumption, yeah. but I guess what you have to do is you have to you, you well, do if you these write pop music, that's sense. what you do. Yeah, yeah, you uh, make it mainstream. You, you get the bits you can do, and you make it a mainstream. Yeah, but you know, track. you know, you know, fucking twenty years later, like, like Anaconda by Nicki Minaj is oh, a mainstream pop song. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but yeah, we're looking at a different time period here. Yeah. So you mm. know, for me, it's kind of a game of two halves in a lot of ways. Well, um, there's there's a huge difference between like, tracks one to eight or whatever it is, yeah. and then. An absolute swathe of slow jam ballads. And look, there's, there, I'm going. There's a lot of ideas. Right. There's some great ideas. Yeah. Ultimately, it's kind of hamstrung by some of its own excesses as an album. Okay. Okay. You could slice thirty minutes out of this album so easily, uh, and and you'd probably have a fantastic record. Yeah. Even if you sliced thirty minutes out of it, I'm still not sure 
you could track a brilliant, cohesive album mm. out of all of the good songs that are on here. Oh, okay. It'd still be a bit of a mishmash. I still think it'd be a bit of a mishmash, but I think it would be a more successful one. For, mm. you, know, I mean, you know, first thing I would fucking go through is cut every single one of those intro tracks out. Pointless. It, Take you know, mine. If you want eight extra seconds on a song, do that, yes. right? God. Okay. And I'd get rid of all of all of the kind of the bland, like kind of almost banker, like R&B by numbers tracks. I absolutely would. I would get rid of every end. single one of those uh, ones at, at the end, like the, the third section we just yeah. did, apart from the last one, which yeah, was just, different. You know, and get rid. Retrack your album as well. Don't Even if you want to include those albums, don't don't split them the way you did. It's, it's a very strangely tracked album. It, it, all it means, though, is it's much easier to go, all right, I'm going to listen to this from the start, not on yeah. shuffle, and go, and I'm going to stop now. Yeah. You know, fair enough. We talk about this early on. This is the peak CD era uh, where people yeah. are not editing. People are going, we've got all of this runtime. We can do what we want with yeah. it. We can package this out. We can do this. All right. If we're assessing this as an album, it's it's half a good album. I think, yes. If and I, I think that the good bits are really excellent. And yeah. I was very surprised at how much I liked the ones that I really liked. I, I don't think we've listened to anything as bloated since we listened to the Guns N' Roses album. Not at all. Not at all. We've had a lovely run of you know, 12 tracks, 50 minutes. I mean, we you know, said a lot of lovely run. We've had a lovely run yeah. like weeks That's after we listened to Cliff Richard. Cliff, yeah, absolutely. We've had a run of ones that at least have done that, have tempered yeah. themselves to that. This is excess. Yeah. Okay, so. We're looking then at songs to put onto our ongoing playlist. And if you are new to the podcast, we ha- we started a playlist right from episode one where we have to choose at least one and at most three songs from every single album that went to number one, put it onto a playlist. So we're kind of getting the best of all of these number one albums. Now, I'll tell you what, man, for an album that I've literally just said is an unsuccessful album, mm-hmm. I, um, I'm making the case that this is a three-track compilation. I'm fine with that. I've got four marked as ones I would put it on. So okay. let's see what the crossover is between you and okay. me. Okay. Um, that's the way love goes. Yeah. Uh, this time. Uh, yes. What's it called? Again. Oh, I see. I haven't got that marked. And whoops now. Those are the ones I'd go for. Oh, right. Okay. Because uh, I had uh, That's the Way Love Goes, If, which I really liked, uh, This Time, and What Will I Do? Which one's what I do? Uh, but it's it's the one that's a cover version. I just like it. Uh, it's a summary. Uh, but no, I, I wasn't uh, expecting I'd, you to want to do that as well. I, just I, like I, it. I would I would veto on that. That's fine with me. Uh, but you see, I thought again it was nice uh, as a piece of musical theatre, but I didn't think it was a big one to put onto a playlist. Well, I I mean I quite like it because it's because it's probably not like anything else that's on the playlist. No, that's also very. But true. I mean, if you ask me what I prefer between Whoops Now and Again, I'd go Whoops Now. Right. I, I don't mind doing but, what's it's good fun but everyone knows Whoops now as oh, well really, right, I haven't okay. said that I mean again it's the number one single in the state I mean I don't really remember again though to be honest no not at all um, but look I mean okay I mean I, I definitely want those two on there fine um, you know, you're I, not you're not a fan uh, enough of If If I Was Your Girl uh, yeah I mean I, I like If that would that would be that would be, be the next one and that's and I guess well ah fuck it let's put If in I like okay. It. Yeah. yeah oh right so we'll do If this time which isn't a single and that's the way love goes. Yeah. Those are three good tracks, man. Those are three really good tracks. Good. Yeah. Three good tracks. Sweet. Sweet as. I'm, right. I'm glad we did this. And I am I am genuinely glad that I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to because I went in with high hopes. Yeah. And I uh, first couple of listens, I thought, oh, there's some really good tracks on here. But I was put off by the amount of mush. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. When I was listening to this album, I was sitting there going... Uh, we're, uh, this is going to be a battle. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to sit and right, yeah. defend the things I like in these early tracks, and then concede. 
right. uh, concede in the later tracks, and you're going to just look at me like I was wrong for like in the early ones. Oh, I see. So no, I'm, gl- no. I'm glad that's. No, I'm, gl- no. I'm glad that's where we were. Yeah, ballads can fuck off on this one. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, thank you for joining us, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll be back as soon as we possibly can. Who knows? Uh, and uh, it's going to be an absolute classic banger. The next one we're doing. Oh, fuck that yeah. shit. We are finally reaching the point where we have to talk about all of Two Unlimited's No Limits album. Yeah. Let's yeah. see what we can possibly do with that. Yeah, indeed. Anyway, um, let's make a move then, mate. Uh, nice thank one. you for joining us. Take care. I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We're on Twitter, at PCL Podcast. On Instagram, also at PCL Podcast. And Facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is PCLPodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on PCLMusicPodcast at gmail.com.